podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. So before this one gets started, let me give you a couple things. First off, um, hopefully everything, I was able to clean it up enough. had some technical snafus that cut into the quality, um, as it were, of certain pieces. So uh, apologies on that end, but as I may have stated in the past, you know, I'm hoping that you are listening because you enjoy hearing what we have to say when it's a good brother session like with my brother majestic um and what i have to say when it's by myself and then most of the time i try to keep the audible audible how you say suitable but a couple other things i wanted to add too i mentioned thurgood marshall in here and i totally spaced on the reality that he was solicitor general um and had already been already appointed a judge as well prior to being on the supreme court so that point and doesn't come up in this discussion but something i think that's really important when we talk about uh katanji brown jackson is that she's uh this would be her fourth time going through the city appointment process so in the history of people who <laughs> i think become supreme court justices i don't know if anyone has had that many um that many instances of actually being vetted as it were so hopefully um yeah, that's just a point that I thought was really important. Also, you know, you know, please take the best part and please go out and do your own reading. You know what I'm saying? On her works, uh, on the Supreme Court, on the whole world of um, how our judiciary impacts our society. But um, hopefully, again, I'm going to stop with the yammering. Hopefully this will be something uh, valuable for you. So with that, here we go. Peace. I'm Majestic. My brother, Justice Raju. Yeah, man. So, um, so day I wanted to come in, and we'll get to that other point that uh, you know you may feel the joy in our in our voices. I'm not that we're not joyful about this situation too, but I wanted to you know make some space, make some time, um, discuss, and I hope I think I have a Kataji Brown Jackson, uh, yeah. Supreme Court nominee. Um, you know, we actually realize that we haven't had any space to 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 speak on that, and um, and guess the place i want to start from my first thoughts was actually just as the process was happening um kind of some of the other you know um black women particularly uh uh legal legal aces as it were um you know the for whatever one thinks about it from a you know a systemic analysis that i that supreme court justice and being a person that's in position to be a supreme court justice requires you know, a pretty high level of like civic social interaction existence, you know, within the world of law. Um, you know, I think a lot of folks and I didn't totally realize and understand it until I got old enough and learned enough actually about how the legal system works and other things like, but with Thurgood Marshall, when he was, you know, nominated and appointed, you know, sort of was like, wait a minute, like, you know, 
you know, in the way I guess it read to me as a child was sort of like, oh yeah, they needed to get a black person. So there you go. You know what I'm saying? But then it was like, oh, but he also like basically tried, you know, case after case after case up to the Supreme Court level. So, you know, and I don't know, I imagine that I could do some research. Maybe that's something to look up. Footnote for later. Um, kind of the the nominating, you know, was there a hierarchy where there other people nominated? You know, I don't know the way that it would have been covered back in that time, but in our time, these bills of our life, you know, when someone's come up, it's like a, it's a political moment. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, our, you know, one party or the other is making assertions, but there's always short lists. There's always like these things are not necessarily just come out the blue. Like it's not like trying to get a new, uh, you know, a new, a new assistant manager for the third shift. You know what I'm saying? At the old, at the 24 hour drone, you just, right. just going to put it out there and see what we get. Like, it's like, nah, like people have been, <laughs> people have been working on this in terms of developing, you know, um, the candidates and those that would be in consideration, you know, usually um, outside of someone who was recently, you know, put on the Supreme Court who actually hadn't, I believe I'm correct, hadn't tried a case ever <laughs> anywhere. But hey, you know, privilege and all that. Um, you know, that the the, the field of, of women that, that were, you know, discussed, you know, were all like, you know, uh, multiple years at state Supreme Courts or federal judges, you know, Ivy League or or highly, you know, competitive educational background, you know, all the all the things. So um I guess I don't have a, I don't have a particular question in there um, right off the top, but is there something that struck yeah. out to you just about well a, a couple of things. Her nomination. Uh, yeah, I mean one, you know and this is just thinking about for black women and and broadly women of color like the level of qualification that you have to have to even be considered mm-hmm. um you know you're looking at like you know this woman she has a1 qualifications like there's no way you can look at her and be like she's not qualified right but we still have to have all these conversations right we have, have all these dialogues about how she may show up um, and I think it's also due to the fact that conservatives have actually controlled the political discourse for so long that they make something that should be a slam dunk seem complicated. And we all buy into it that it's complicated when it's really only complicated because they control the discourse. Right. Mm-hmm. So even if you even if, you know, quote unquote, Democrats or, you know, whatever, control the actual offices. Republicans control and conservatives control the discourse, you know, um, and, and they do it really well. They, they, you know, they kind of like, hey, you know, we don't know. Let's make sure this person's never done this. And so then you got to have, have a conversation. Did this person never do something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so someone that's eminently qualified in looking at things like someone that has served as you know someone representing folks who are dis you know kind of disconnected or haven't been able to you know have the proper representation like some way that becomes a weakness versus a strength right but 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 because because the the dialogue is so controlled right that that we actually end up debating things that aren't shouldn't be debated right right? like in in also in other ways it goes to like the broadly build back better and 
we're debating things like we want people to go to work, but we're debating childcare, right? Like, should we really <laughs> have to debate that if you want people to do something and cut off a pandemic and you want them, to, you want them to do a particular thing and actually helping them do the thing, or like tax credits, like there's a tax credit for everything in America, mm-hmm. but if you have a tax credit for having children, we actually debate that, right? Like we're <laughs> debating if that's okay. But that, you know what I mean. So I, I so I think you know one part of it is just the the psychic hoops that people have to jump through, but especially you know black and brown women um, f- to judge their qualifications because of this very calcified view of how America views race, gender, class, and power. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so that that's like the big thing that that steps out. To me, when when looking at this, um, and again, the, the, how we had to judge when, you know, Republicans slash conservatives ran and jammed two people through, you know, with not that much debate, right? You know what I mean? Not nearly as much debate that there's going to be, and not nearly as drawn out, and knowing that the Biden administration had to be so thoughtful in particular about who they chose to do this and thread the needle on someone who had A1 qualifications, but is still going to be really judged, maybe judged harshly. Um, we're getting on to, to, to the Supreme court, you know, um, and just as an aside, I think to your point, when you talked about a little earlier, you know, when you look like the federalist society and everything like that, like they keep lists for this stuff. 15 years in advance. Mm-hmm. So that's why if you ever notice when it comes to Democrat, when it comes to quote unquote Democrats of uh, identifying somebody, it's like a who done it, right? <laughs> no one knows who's going to be at the table at the end of the day. <laughs> if you ever look at like Republicans, it's never like that. They know exactly who's up next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the, you know, broadly their thing is we care who's president, but we really can tr- we really care who's over the courts who run states, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you just generally look, that's what is really cared about, right? And so I just think it's an interesting conversation that we have to have. I think she's qualified and I generally think that she will get nominated and, and passed. I mean, you know, her Sherpas are really smart folks, but I do think it's a testament to why this should, this should not even be a debate, but we're making it a debate. Right, right. And that, I think, is the... Um... You know, you know, I've had the the that's it within the, the scope of our uh you know, my life, you know, I've had to explain to somebody like, you know, I actually I learned the 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 high level of ethics and good practice and social work by working for, you know, two instances, one, you know, one person that we share, uh, Ms. House, you know, at the Hill House in terms of working with her. Um, and then you know, prior to me working there at the Hill House, was working um with uh Two scissors, actually, actually, I maybe say four out at the home with Brushton YMCA. Shout out Mr. Name, Ms. Keena. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and uh, everybody else that that have gone through that particular space. But those folks who were, you know, those women, you know, who were professionals in their understanding of service and care for, for black children, specifically, you know, you know, and black people. At a, at a in a broader lens, you know, taught me a lot on the job of how to convert some of my own understanding of like how you deal with people and engage, and then also make it professional. 
right? So um, although I did never, I never got a social work degree because at that point I was like, I already know everything I need to know. Now, if I wanted to be the director of the, the I don't know, the human services, something like that, they probably want. Oh, could you uh, go back and get a master's in uh, social work so we can, you know, you know, be, be like your credentials still need to line up because most often for Black folks, even if you can do the, do the work at a high level, um, you need to have the credentialing, and obviously. Um, you know, we don't really get the show. And that's why I brought up the third good piece is that I didn't, and there was a point in my life where I didn't totally understand what his credentials would have been prior, right? And right. within the context of knowing the history and everything else, you go, oh, okay. You know, and especially within that time window, yeah, it makes total sense. And this time, you know, don't nobody black show up at them, them higher upper, 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 upper echelons without some, some things, right? Like you just, it just because you just, they just the, the the way some folks have organized so well, they're gonna they're gonna push you out of consideration, you know, not on the merits of what you're actually capable of and how you know your 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 you know your practice, you know, from you know whether this was in a legal aspect as we're talking about or some other aspect, but it's gonna be like, oh well, you know, but he never, you know, that person doesn't have this type of degree, and so how are you gonna pick that person over this other person that has this other type of degree? I think it's like, oh, so we gotta go with the other person, right? Um, and I, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I I look forward to the idea, you know, of black woman you know, being present and represented, you know, within that particular body of this society um, and everything that that brings with it um, from, again, you know, the the need to be not just qualified, but super qualified <laughs> for every role that you get, um, not just be ethically sound and, and what have you, but be almost where people don't, you, people can't know too much about you because almost anything someone knows about you may be something that will be weaponized against you. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't know if for most folks, especially when one is sort of decided like they're going to go into some like a public role of that nature. And you there's a point where you might go like, yeah, there's stuff I can't I can't be up to. I can't be up next to around or associated with because it'll be used to harm me and or harm my family you know, down the line as I'm trying to, you know, move and you know, matriculate through certain ciphers and spaces because because how, you know, these people get down. Um, so, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm uh, happy, you know, you know, I guess you could say for the sister, um, for, you know, her community, where she come from. I think she's from Miami area, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know um, and, um, you know, I was reading a couple you know, articles that's, you know, like, but I, I'm also preparing for the, like, the ridiculous things that these folks are going to say about her. And sometimes those things are about sort of establishing then, like, this is how we're going to frame, try to do our best again, as you to shape the discourse <laughs> on this, yeah. this, shape the dialogue on, on, on her and on this particular aspect. Um, and because people know how important it is, right? Yeah. Like it, it's one of those things that you know who judges at the highest form of a government, and they, it could be it could be county, it can be state, it could be federal. That just really matters because it sets precedents. It sets what can come before the Supreme Court. Again, you know, there's a lot of articles out around how you know the the goal to control the Supreme Court has been a 40-year thing for conservatives and Republicans. 
Mm-hmm. There are folks who have not cared who was on, who was president. <laughs> they cared who controlled the Supreme Court because it controlled the framework of what comes up and what's set as president. And also the circuit judges, because also an important part of this that is obscured is by the time someone is here, by the time someone gets to, to being a candidate for the Supreme Court, they've usually clerked for a Supreme Court judge. Um, mm-hmm. They usually served as a circuit judge, right? And I think, you know, one place where most of our schools fail miserably is explaining to us the circuit court judges, right? Like how many circuit courts there are, acknowledging that some circuit courts are very conservative, some circuit courts are very, uh, are, are quote unquote uh, progressive, some circuit courts are in between, And how people go from, you know, state courts to circuit courts um, to, you know, to various places. And I think that's important because that is the undergirding of how American legal constructs are formed that then get us, you know, kind of what we understand on a local, regional, national level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And And I think that is obscured purposefully. I think it's obscure purposely on all sides, frankly, right? <laughs> like it's one of those things where it is literally like, you know, you have to know somebody to be chosen. Um, mm-hmm. And it's and it's a small group of people relatively who are in those spaces. Um, but it beca- I think it's important to the broader public that we kind of know these folks, not just, not just when they get to the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you know, it's, it's almost like draft picks, right? Like, you know the 50 or 60 people coming out of the <laughs> coming out of uh coming into the draft every year, right? The fact that we just hear about, you know, when it's when when President Biden says, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm going to nominate a black woman, and the next thing you know, people are like, Okay, we're here the six black women he's thinking about. Well, how did you know there were six of them? Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, where did these people uh, you know, again, where they came from is esteemed places. So I'm not saying it like that, but you know, the fact that that's not something that's known. If you think about when people are running for office, you start to hear about all these really smart people running for office way before they ever run for office. Right. 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 But the legal system is almost like it, it, that, that that's the, it's the opposite. Yeah. You don't hear about them until they're actually doing the thing. Right. So I just think it's a, it would be good for the public kind of like Vox Populi to kind of understand these legal minds and what they care about, right? So mm-hmm. that we can have an idea because also the, the premise is a lot of times on either side, we don't know what they care about until we're having conversations that are usually framed by conservative interests on who this person is, you know? Right, right. And, it, and it, I think it's almost a, it's still that weird, you know, I think it's weird, like dynamic where, <laughs> we folks continue to allow conservatives to sort of like put everybody else on like explain this about this person hey, wait a minute why i gotta explain all this stuff to you like you know i always wonder some days somebody just had the, the gumption just be like no no we, no we're not gonna do we just not gonna explain none of that you go sit on the tack you know what i'm saying you know old uh you know childhood reference you know what i'm saying put tack right. take it uh, take it Right, two yeah. beans is a bucket. Fuck it, take it to the stage. <laughs> yeah, you know <what> like <laughs> you know what I mean. But yeah, and so you get to this place where almost like again, it becomes this almost don't for those that are tracking. They they like 
they track all the time, right? Like they know the people who could be considered and who are at the level, da, da, da. but everybody that's, uh, I would say in the non, you know, I don't know how they do in the super conservative circles. You know, if y'all want to invite me to a super conservative hangout, you know what I mean? I might say hi, you know what I'm saying? If you invite me, I'm a gracious guest if I'm invited. Um, but I, <laughs> But in other spaces, like you, those that know, it's almost like a let's keep it in hushed tones so we don't bring attention. <laughs> we don't put somebody kind of on the radar before they are ready to defend themselves or protect themselves. Right, right. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think that we have, a, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken on this before, that, that there's still just there's a reality, and especially within the world of law, like we don't necessarily, uh, and I'm saying this in a more, you know, broad, like, uh, like Black folks, you know, Black communities, we don't really have a sufficient number of uh, legal folks, um, just like we, to my my opinion, have a sufficient number of, of medical professionals um, and, and some other professions that like actually really can impact sort of outcomes in, in, in some different ways. Like we need more people that can that you know can become lawyers, right? So that when we uh, whether you whether you need lawyers to protect your rights or even just to, to deal with, you know, the mundane realities of, of contracts and situations that one may need to deal with to, to do business. Um, but definitely within the conversation of, you know, actually keeping our <laughs> our legal system, our structural system, you know, impacted, right. uh, that there's people that can serve in these places and, um, you know, can 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 move the machinery of our judiciary. We 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 can't uh, we, we we can't get some of the things we could get done if we don't have you know the the, the people there. Um, and then especially then that those that are there, because then the question becomes if those that are there are all people who got there without any of our support, <laughs> so to speak. You know, not that you know. There's a there's a, a call for some sort of favoritism that's undue or or or, or making decisions outside the merits, um, but it's something to be said that if someone you know achieves certain things, and it's like, yeah, y'all ain't never hung out with me. You know, I, I often think of old old Clarence Thomas over there. He, he seems to be an angry, angry man, and I I I, I often wonder, you know you know, who broke his, broke his heart so bad that, that, you know, me outside of just the realities of, of racism and how America works and, and pain and for, you know, several hundred years of, of, uh, violence and, and all the various things. So, you know, he, he doesn't totally flummox me, but the idea that people get where they get and they don't do not, they may not feel any or particular obligation to, to look at things maybe with, with some of the eye that you know incorporates you know our experiences you know because they may feel indifferent to them or they may feel disconnected to them, um, or you know whatever other reason they feel alienated. I think there's a definite thing too though that it is a particular type of work to plan to go like yeah I'm gonna be a Supreme Court justice. That's a that's if so as an individual if one of my children was to say to me the the, the 20 year old or the 15 year old yeah I want to be on the Supreme Court. You know, I you know we could have conversations, but yeah, that might be like a twenty-five year, thirty year arc of of decisions, right? And you might as well be planning to be LeBron James, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's only nine of them, right. right? And you don't know who's gonna you know die 
right? That's not, you know, obviously I don't want nobody to die before their time, but it's like right. the timing you have to have to be able to be a Supreme Court justice. I mean, the odds of it and like the, the moving kind of thing of it has to be, the numbers have to be stunning in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. be, because like, okay, you're going to do all the stuff. Then do you know you're going to be picked? Then do you have a a Senate that's going to be partial? Because I'm sure of the six people that they they just went and farmed out and then told us that these six six women could be the Supreme Court justices. That like getting to my point is like okay, so there's obviously there's six black women who are great examples of legal minds, right? Ranging from you know where they stand, and I think also one of these challenges, and I think we've talked about it before, is like. Clarence Thomas is probably uh, a whole nother kind of example, but the idea that you're going to choose a black person who's really good legally doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be deep, deeply on the left. Right. You know what I mean? Like when we can't make that necessarily assertion, right. They may have some moderate views. I know I forget the name of the sister, but she was, um, you know, from South Carolina, and Lindsey Graham was like, if you pick her, I'll get her in. And they didn't pick her, right? Because yeah. <laughs> some of the, you know, some of the, um, uh, you know, uh, advocates, you know, said that she had kind of supported corporations, right? And that, that, was, a, that was a bright line for them, right? And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that she would have been the best or, or any of that, any of those things per se. I guess what I'm saying is that there's this assumption that, okay, if you choose this black person, them being a legal mind, that means they're always going to end up in a particular place. Right. 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 And I just think that's a challenge too, as much as I would theoretically like someone to end up more where I end up. Right. (laughs) In my perspective. Um, Clearly even during the Trump administration, we saw even some of those who are conservative judges were like, Oh, that doesn't make any damn sense, man. (laughs) Like we can't back that. Right. And so you 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 want people that have a degree of jurisprudence. You want people to have a degree of, you know, thoughtful dialogue. I mean, you know, you always knew where Scalia was going to end up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you already knew where he was going. But I mean, so but you know, so I do think to your point about us knowing about who folks are without it being political. I mean, I mean, I think it's just more awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, okay, we're trying to get behind one person to be a Supreme Court judge or a district court judge is one thing. But I do think there's like a do are we aware who are setting precedents on a circuit level? Right. Oh, yeah, and that's a that's a general scorecard, right? That's actually goes across race, right? Like, mm-hmm. do we know who's doing what on these courts that matter so much, that have so much impact on, you know, um, legal precedent until it gets to the Supreme Court, if the Supreme Court decides to actually hear the case. And so I think there's also power there because the the Supreme Court doesn't have to hear the case. Right. So if you assume something gets through a a circuit judge, or let's say someone comes from a Commonwealth Court, like obviously in Pennsylvania, like a Commonwealth Court, and then it gets to the Supreme Court. Pennsylvania. Then if it gets through the Supreme Court, Pennsylvania, people don't like it, they take it to the circuits, right? And they take it up the circuits to the Supreme Court. All that can happen, you can get a result from the circuit court 
And then the Supreme Court said, no, nah, we don't want to hear it. So whatever the circuit judge said is that's what they're going with. Yep. You know, so it's like we're worried about the nine, but not worried about the 900. <laughs> right. right. And which is, I think is a broader challenge in popular political discourse. We're trained to just look at the shiny thing and not the rest of not the rest of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. So. So, you know, I think it's. um. You know, one, you know, looking forward to, to serving on the bench. You know I mean, the, you know, I'm sure they're going to say a bunch of ridiculous things over the next couple of weeks and then you'll get voted on and we'll move, you know, the world will move forward. Um, you know, in the meantime, though, I just think it's, you know, congratulations to her, you know, for life, you know, organized and planned and and, 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 the, and the things that she's done, um, you know, just her accomplishments, you know, as a, as a lawyer and as a legal you know, person as a judge, you know, in her service to be prepared and be in position to do this and then be in that role, um, you know, and then to the other stuff, you know, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens, but definitely it's a, let, let not just, um, let's, let's also look at all these other let, let layers and levels. Cause it's really, it really matters if you can get, if, if, if you have people prepared to take roles and then also know the roles that you need them to take. <laughs> And you know when we're, we're talking about like kind of you know societal change and and moving things in the way in other ways it's like and having impact having power and, and, and control so to speak um like you know you need to have people you know that 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 operate and share some of your values or see your worldview um and it's uh you know you know i don't I, you know i'm not on the uh the Biden scorecard team, you know, for the, you know, the people like, so what's Biden done for us lately? You know what I'm saying? Or where's Kamala Harris? You know what I'm saying? But for all that crew. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure the, maybe when I go sit in the barbershop lobby, <laughs> wait, I, I, I'll fall into a, into one of those conversations. I've been trying to avoid them on the internet. Um, yeah. So if you haven't a thought on that, um, well, you know, one thing I just want to say before we move on is as quickly as you said, I wanted to just to add on, you know, privilege is when you can have a vantage point and you don't even assume that you have to know who else is going to share your vantage point. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought about the fact that it's one of the challenges of, of, of oppression and one of the challenges of um, communities being kind of disconnected is that we do have to have a, a view or eye on who's in that place that we know, right? Mm-hmm. Like who, who, who up in there? Who over there? <laughs> who, who we got in there, right? The, we know or, somebody up there? We know somebody there? Like, know nobody. Up, right? We got to right. start with that idea versus like, there's a privilege where some people have vantage points and they know somebody's there. And what I mean by no, I'm saying in a more of a universal knowing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there is a good chance that someone that shares their interest is somewhere in there versus us having to sometimes be so very specific because the broader ideas that we share are not necessarily being instituted in, in all aspects of our society. So thank you for sharing that, Justin, because it may it now makes me think a little deeper about how we're like, okay, we got to know who's this person here, who's this person, who's the doctor, who's the this, right? <laughs> Where it's like, somebody's like, no, I know people who share my interests are going to be all over the world. All I yeah. got to do is find out who they are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the true power and the true privilege and the true leveling of the board 
is when you can look in a room and say there's someone in the room that has my interest there without it being like you have to know that person. Indeed, indeed, so. indeed. Um, so on another note, um, oh, and just before we move on, you know, again, just so it's clear, you know, shots love, one love to, you know, Katanji Brown Jackson, you know what I'm saying? Thank you for, you know, get busy, you know what I'm saying? Do do the thing fizzle up there, you know what I'm saying? As, and, thank uh, you for your, and thank you for your service up until this point. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, and I guess it's fitting that Lori Lightfoot and uh, Eric Adams, you know, in terms of cities at scale, you know, there, there's only you know, what, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, I suppose Houston, I don't really know how Houston's government functions, though. Um, Houston's government doesn't function like you needed three you just named, I'll right. tell you that much. <laughs> in terms of scale, Right, that you know, it would it would seem reasonable that those those mayors would have some conversation about you know public. I guess they called it a criminal. Was a criminal justice conversation? Criminal? Yeah. Safety, public safety. I don't know how they framed it, but they had some sort of meeting. Um, talk about I guess you know crime prevention. Um, and you know they they both present uh, you know and I and I will I will give space to. There's definitely aspects of them that I'm. You know, I'm, you know, I'm in a, a in a process of being well informed. So, but I will say this: you know, Eric Adams, it's, he seems to, to to move on the thread, especially when he talks as a as a retired or a former police officer. He definitely does the like. Seems he he's been erring on the, uh, the 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 more police officer side of his of the dialogue that I've seen on that. And I, and I have, you know, on, on good footing with, you know, some brothers that have been officers and were long time officers who, who I would say have a, have a much seem to be able to discuss the, the matters of like public safety as it relates to police without kind of constantly trading in like, well, we got to do something. You know what I'm saying? That which Eric Adams right now seems to do having a lot of speeches, at least the ones that get to me. So there might also be a filtering issue there. And I and I respect that of like, yeah, you know, may, maybe we should roll back this and roll back that. And it's like, really? Uh, you got so evidence? I, 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 got I, evidence point, Eric? I, I think that it just, there's some, there's a couple things there. Yeah. There's a couple things there because I think I do think he starts with saying we don't have to trade out safety for justice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's often that that conversation. Right. Right. I think what he thinks and, you know, and this is the thing about politics. If more people vote for you than somebody else, there's generally this held idea that you're right. Now, whether you're right or you're wrong, we don't know but you're right because more people said you're right than they said the other person is right. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is a, this is the, I think the traditional challenge with uh, folks who are thinking about, thinking about an issue for a long time and have nuanced, complex views on the concept, right. Mm-hmm. Versus people who are voting for choices based on often yes, no answers. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. In cities, in a lot of cities, for a lot of different reasons, we have an uptick 
and kind of challenges and challenges in, in neighborhoods and, and then broader challenges as they pretend to cities, right? And I think that's also something that we haven't seen this idea of, frankly, crime influencing cities in about 20 some odd years. So we've seen violence, right? And, and much has been made of violence in, you know, pick your city, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly Chicago. Right. Right. Um, and, and other places, but. And so, but those things have always seemed to be, con- they stop at the loop for those who understand Chicago, like whatever challenges folks got stop at the West Loop or the South Loop, right? So it didn't stop Chicago's view of being a global city. Right. Or as New York went through this reduction in crime, as long as when people were making money, it didn't stop this idea of being a global city. And generally speaking, you could say that across the country. Um, the pandemic, I think, brought into play that the idea of those intra community challenges have now become inter community challenges. And now crime or perception of it, or perception of public safety have become actually issues of if people are making decisions to stay and leave places. I think it's some of its perception, some of its reality. You have to carve out which is, at what point does perception become reality in a sense of maybe reduced and reduced uh, spending and all those kind of things that make American cities run. So I think, I think Eric Adams, it does that. And I think one of the, the things with him is that I read an article one time and it, it made, in the in the root and it basically was kind of like <laughs> the ornery black uncle is back, right? <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like like the 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 ornery black uncle and every you know if you're the black community you know you got an uncle who will tell you about some stuff that happened in the sixties and you know they, they was there and they was down with it and then tell you. But man, let me tell you something about these dudes today, man. <laughs> these dudes ain't got no code. These dudes, <laughs> man, some of these dudes need to be under the jail, right? right. Everybody got everybody got a family member like that. I can't even <laughs> talk to my father on the phone, but if I have this stuff sometimes, because you know what I mean? I'm like, Bobby, you can't say it to me on the phone, man. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Just you just can't say that. Man. You know what I mean? Because again, at one point, he'll be working on behalf of the community. <laughs> But he has his own vantage point when it comes to public safety. And I think there's a place, and I think folks are going to have to wrestle with this. There's a place that people who are who are being impacted in a certain way are not always thinking about the long-term ramifications of much of what um, I think, like you're speaking about, of the, the sophistication and the nuance that mm-hmm. even maybe other public safety professionals are having. There are some people having a very visceral reaction to what is happening around them, and they're making policy decisions based upon that. Yeah. And the the idea that more people voted for him, I think, leads some people, I think incorrectly, but I understand how it leads some people to think, well, that's what we should just now do. Yeah, right. Right? You know what I mean? And, and, and then I'll stop here with him in particular. I think... You know, it's been said to me that there are like, besides the president of the United States, there are really four jobs that matter, right? The mayor of New York City, the mayor of Chicago, governor of California, 
And you could possibly argue the governor of Texas, although I would say Texas is kind of run like its own kind of weird country. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like some I mean, you, yeah, yeah, you, you can yeah. come in and out of concern for Texas. Like, yeah, yeah, just because it's <laughs> run like its own other place. But like those other cities that we're talking about in the governor of California are the places of scale talking about, generally speaking, the challenges in America. So I, I just wanted to share that, I, again, it's not that I think some of his statements on having plain clothes folks having jump out boys again or you know intense stop and frisk like i'm not i'm not necessarily asserting that i think that that's what should happen but i think there's a conversation also from an inter-community conversation of you know those folks in southeast queens and in the bronx i mean he won these neighbor he won black neighborhoods with this message yeah yeah. really big like he didn't yeah. he didn't he didn't squeeze by right, right. and again you we could argue well yes but that's not what the data says but that means there's a community disconnection between data and their visceral feeling right and and, I, and the thing I, and i and i may have you know you know make sure i didn't lose track because the thing that was made it interesting when you brought this up to me was just you know both of them right now through the vehicles that we have to try to understand what their motivations are, their perceptions. I think there's generally, I think I'm safe in saying there's somewhat of a tone amongst, I guess they would say maybe more progressive folks um, that they're not, you know, progressive enough um, while simultaneously <laughs> for definitely, definitely conservative folks. They're not, they don't, they're, they're no way looking at them like, yeah, those are, we, we love those guys. We love those two, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's go, you know what I mean? Um, and and in some sense, I've gotten the feeling, you know, and, and I'm always tuned to this, is when Black people who are in, in prominent public service roles, and I feel like the overriding message from all corners is that I should view them as a failure or as as failing. Because, mm. you know, like, like we, I think we had a conversation about, you know, the great mayor, you know, Mayor Dinkins, is that everything about, and, and and other black mayors from that age, there's a sense that I felt as a as a as a young person, as a you know teenager, I guess at those times, teenager going to young adult, that I should look at their time as a negative, that like they did something wrong or terrible, or they were the worst you know leaders ever. And then it's like, were they though? I mean, you know, they definitely you know say they didn't have their warts, you know, because anyone that especially running a city where you do have to, you know, quite frankly make more decisions that like quickly go to an action you know what i'm saying um which i think is different from you know many other political executive roles i mean outside of the president you know but like you know your congressman and your senator they don't very few none of that they don't have to tell nobody and then like a bureau goes and does something <laughs> like like y- y- your mayor you know right. at hire for the the water department and you know suddenly the, the uh, deferred maintenance bill goes out of whack yeah you know i'm saying like there's, yeah, a, there's, no, there's, a, there's a one two combination is a direct connection you know um and so then it, it makes me pause right like how do i simon how do i maintain a critical eye to them how do i also you know look to like because there's there there's the, 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 the how do i also make space for um like you know as two people who if they're being perceived in this way you know kind of like 
you know, somewhat maybe not always beloved, you know, by the communities that they may feel that they're trying to serve. Like, who else they gonna get to talk to where they could be like, man, you know what they said to me last week? Like, I was already thinking about like, what did they, like, what was the off the cuff conversation in the meeting? And they're like, after they, you know, maybe did the like, you know, the deeper stuff, they're like, somebody came to my office, they wanted me to do this. I mean, I'm trying to tell people, I'm saying, I'm hearing all kinds of crazy stuff because I can't imagine <laughs> the amount of ridiculous things that other people are trying to especially external forces that are definitely not down with the communities that you know they probably would see as their you know that there was that supported them getting in office i'm sure they're getting even wackier stuff coming their way right um you know reinstitute you know just whatever abominable concept that you think would be off the table because someone thinks they're, they're vulnerable right politically so then maybe they'll go for it like or or they'll see it as an opportunity or maybe they'll you know quite frankly go like well to to keep to save my political uh footing i'm gonna adopt something that this other group of people who definitely wouldn't have put it for me before would see this and be like oh maybe he's coming around right like i i, I try to to pull back from the like the, the the momentary thing of like what they they did or didn't say but sort of look at it like I'm curious, like, because I'm sure, you know, there's lots of this anecdotal conversation and kind of tying back to our earlier conversation around earlier part of this conversation around like the way the dialogue is framed, where you can go, yeah, you know, we got to do, we got to do this and this about, you know, public safety and particularly gun violence, right? You know, but there's always, there's, you know, someone that knows these things, when we're talking about those issues, there's a ton of stuff that is always permanently left outside of the dialogue. And therefore, you know, you end up with all these really, you know, imprecise tools to try to, to manage these situations, right? And, and there's some stuff you can't manage. Like, the, one of the challenges with with gun violence and, 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 and the broader broad public and psychological safety and I think which gun violence is a uh, leading indicator of, mm-hmm. but it's not the total story. Yeah. Is you don't manage, even as a mayor, you don't manage so much of the stuff that's going into why it's happening in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. in your city. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's gun laws from outside of your city, mm-hmm. whether it's the social breakdowns in your city of street organizations, whether mm-hmm. it's the changing uh, the drug economy, right? That changes mm-hmm. what people choose to get into. The cyclical nature of these economies, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in Chicago, we saw how you know that a, no, a lot of violence was brought on by by the changing of housing policy, right? Yeah. But housing policy that happened 15, 20 years ago. Yep. Right, and, and so there's so much you don't control everything you do is responsive right and even when we say even the idea and I, i'm this is this is majestic going on a limb not justice i don't want anybody to want to be like man justice says some shit that was not sufficiently progressive <laughs> even the idea of talking when we say defunding the police mm-hmm. itself is a reaction Right. Because that means that from our policy development perspective, we think that there was insufficient money put into things that we would argue are uh, proactive. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To making communities safe and healthy with opportunity. Yeah. 
So at best, we go, oh, it's some more money over there. <laughs> Take some money from them. Right. They Put it over here. Beating up from pillar to post and putting it over there. That's still reactive, right? Yeah. Like, that's still a reactive response. Because from a policy perspective, we haven't figured out how much resources should go to those other things we're talking about, which we, which many of us, including myself and yourself, posit would make our community safer and have more opportunity for more people, right? Mm-hmm. And so because it's all reactive, we are often judging people who are scrambling for answers on a test that they really, they saw the test, but their new questions on the test put on the test the day that they got the test paper, right? <laughs> because it, there's a new wrinkle that you just do not control. And I think everyone knows, I, I do think this is generally everyone knows you can't, you don't have enough police to put everyone on, put a, a cop on every corner to stop quote unquote violence. Right. Like, like at every moment and every time. Right. That they're always, at, like, at every like, perpetual <laughs> moment. Like you just there are no such thing as enough police. And for a variety of reasons, most police departments are down. Percentages of police. Now, again, there's a policy conversation, how you deal with that and a whole host of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think with both of those, you know, the current black superheroes, um, you know, because they're both very colorful in their own ways. Lori Lightfoot and, and Eric Adams are both extremely colorful. Yeah. yeah. And how they and how they're showing up, which I think is also a testament to, you know, and again, this is this is majestic talking, not justice. There are the ideas that are prevalent in the public sphere, and then there's the person that gets elected. Yeah. And I think to the credit of many activists and advocates, there are ideas that are front and center in the public sphere right now that have to be dealt with as ideas. And then there's actually, frankly, the black person that gets elected and the black person that gets elected, at least in a municipal level, is not often, but sometimes is. But in, in, in these two cases are not the necessarily person that are carrying the most progressive messages. Mm-hmm. Right. They were not the carriers of the most progressive messages, but they were the person that put a coalition together to be elected. Yeah. And those, right now, also it's are, important to remember these are not these are not plurality or majority black cities either. Right. right. Right, which I think is important. And sometimes then if you look at a city and you say, Oh, okay, hey, this person said they were going to do this. Yeah, we're in Jackson, Mississippi. Right. Right? Like it's 70% black. Okay, you can t- yeah, of course he could say that. Right. But I mean, like I said, I do think there's a space where the the in the public sphere, the ideas that are present tend to skew more towards being more responsive to the human condition. Uh, responsive to the challenges of, of racism and white supremacy um, than not. But the people who actually get elected as the chief executive officer of that municipality often aren't, you know, the carriers of those ideas. So I think there's a a good tension around that conversation. Um, I think in both cities, there's a unique thing of, well, what's the solution? In some cities, at least from a mayoral perspective, some may say, hey, well, we need to create more jobs and opportunities, right? Challenge with that is that's always a lagging indicator, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, and I've said this to people, 
by the time you create the jobs and opportunities, you think are going to stop people from being stop people from doing what they're currently doing. That's years out. Right. Unless you just gave everybody a job and said, stay off the street. Right. And the hell, hey, look, and, and, no, if, and what I guess it was a Stockton, Mayor Tubb, that's what they try to do. They just gave him a job, man. Stay out of the street, man. <laughs> right. right. But, the, you know, you can't really do that to scale in, in the, a large American city. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, get, yeah. you know yeah, what I mean? And, so and then, then it gets into the, you know, my my thing when you actually involve, especially in intervention work with young people or people because they're not always as young as obviously they're never as young as people think they are um that are shooting like you gotta you know some people is operating from they just operating from a different position where ain't an, ain't there ain't enough you'll go stay home jobs for them to stay home right that's real it just you know that like it, it it requires some other some other things and 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 understanding and respecting that there's a dip, there's a difference between interrupting an acute circumstance and planning and setting the setting a stage for you know as you you know spoke to kind of the long term opportunity you know level yeah you know i mean where it's like yo you know cuz 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 the diversion point was is is someplace else ahead of when you're seeing it and then the the correction the other assistance point is somewhere after <laughs> you're seeing yeah. the activity right and and so then you you know you started you like moving that slider around like trying to get them two things lined up just right um you know uh you know and then again like you brought up that you you dealing with something that is a result of 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 uh of housing displacement from 20 years ago you know and now you're seeing you know aspects of of that you know of those those choices you know, you, you can't only be like, well, now let's let, maybe we can move them back to this other. No, you can't just move. You know, it's not going to work that way. It's, it's going to be messy. It's going to be all these other things. So, um, and I and I think you brought up something else there that I think is really important to touch on or to, to come back to is like, you know, it is it if you preparation of the people that um can rep that represent your ideas you know, or closer to your values, if, if you don't, you know, and again, if you don't like or care for these particular individuals, I think in a more general sense, though, I'm not talking about them as persons, you know, needs to be, should be, or would be healthy to be a part of your strategy. You know, again, unless you, you know, part of your strategy is I, I skew electoral politics, and I just don't really, you know, whoever's in there, I'm just going to not, I'm not down with none of them. That's your prerogative too. But just understand that, like, that's a prerogative. That's a choice. That's like a position that one can decide. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes you, you're going to grapple with in terms of getting changing or shifting, you know, the way our, our world works with who can get into those different spots where, you know, an elected person is the person that needs to make decisions or, or serve in the role. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating at times. Um, and it's also like a, Again, the you know we gotta deal we gotta deal with the people that's here. <laughs> like we can't we can't make decisions with people that are are not here. And um, and I I just really super curious, you know I, I, that that they met. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I hope hope they was able to have you know some level of um, I, like I said, I'm still curious if you know what kind of stuff they they are seeing that we're not seeing that's coming to them that they can't talk about. 
because if they talked about it, it would look it wouldn't it wouldn't do wouldn't serve them well. So I do gotta say, I think there's a lot to be said for what's behind the curtain. And I you know, I think in our our uh, in our time, because we have so much access to information, we assume we're seeing it all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as someone who, you know, would like to think I'm retired from being stressed out every day uh, <laughs> in public life. Um, it, you don't know what you don't know. It, yeah. it is an assertion of what you don't know and you would like to think that what you know is sufficient for other people to make to make decisions. Mm-hmm. But often it isn't. Now, again, that's not to excuse much of what has happened that I oh, think yeah. is regrettable in both cities. But I think that there's also an importance, like, you know, again, this is majestic speaking, not justice. <laughs> I don't want none of y'all to put none of my shit on just like, oh man, that's some of that shit. Majestic said, man, he's like a moderate man. <laughs> um, but I do think when you get to a place and I'm using Chicago in particular, where something happens, a young person is a young person is regrettably murdered, and people get in a caravan and, and literally come downtown and full out wreck shop to the point you got to put the bridges up to stop people from coming downtown Chicago, right? Like mm. you're mm. at another place that. We've never seen it. Doesn't we ain't seen that in the 90s? You ain't see that in the 60s, you ain't see that in the 80s. This is something else, right? And 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 I want to connect this to this. Not that I assume that everyone who was participating in this was connected, but also when you start to think about this, the role of the internet and the role of selling things via the internet and as it pertains to. I argue the recent recent increase in smash and grabs, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a time where if you did a smash and grab, you've been doing smash and grabs for a long time. So there's nothing new. This is not to criminalize this generation of young people at all because right. people have been cracking, cracking windows for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a difference when you could do that. Where was you going to go to sell it? Your neighborhood, your main street? Like, you know what I mean? Maybe a state over. You can do that stuff, turn around and get on the internet and sell it across the country or the world. Or the world, yeah. There's a nut. So if you're trying to think about public safety and the the tenuous relationship between gilded districts and disconnected youth (laughs) and hungry disconnected youth and some not so hungry disconnected people, Mm -hmm. I ain't gonna call them youth. Because some of this stuff is not done by folks who, you know, just trying to make sure We'd be stretching yeah. youth. <laughs> yeah, we're stretching, stretching youth way out. <laughs> we're stretching you way out, people, right? I, so I just think when we think about these things, there are some challenges to cities. And, you know, I would like to think that they thought about some complex, nuanced stuff. I just think it's funny. One, I think it's funny anytime that Lori Lightfoot dresses up in St. Patrick's Day clothes. And I don't know if you can share that in the notes, but it, there's a picture of her in a St. Patrick's Day outfit that is absolutely fascinating. Oh, wow. I'm um, to find that, John. And then, you know, Eric Adams trying to be the chocolate book boogeyman, which I also think is absolutely hilarious. Even though, you know, 
him and I share <laughs> uh, share uh, uh, plant, uh, you know, dietary uh, so <laughs> perspectives, right? Choices. The fact that he is just, you know, he, you know, to the point they had to put uh, one of the federal, uh, the Congress people had to put a joint that like you couldn't get rid of chocolate milk in like in uh in schools. <laughs> Try to get it, man. Look, man. Listen, Eric Adams. Chocolate milk was one of my few, one of my, one of the the, the staples oh, yeah. of joy in my childhood. I oh, ain't saying cool. everybody oh, it was cool. I ain't saying, but I don't know, you know. I ain't necessarily. And I get the milk industry. Listen, man, I get the, and you know, I get the diabolical, you know, quote unquote, the diabolical dairy industry that, that, you know, I guess he is railing against. That's what's, that's what's strange about him and actually fun to watch. Like, there's not been an elected official I think that's actually fun to watch in a long time. Like, yeah. there's not been somebody that, like, you don't know where they're going to end up. Like, <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, he's talking about having folks come back out plain clothes units, but he's also talking about getting rid of uh <laughs> getting rid of chocolate milk. And he's talking about being out in clubs, like you got to be out in clubs till two, three o'clock so you can see the people. Like, you know what I mean? Like you gotta know, see the people, people gotta see their man. Listen, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like pull a little woolly brown on them. Like, listen, man, I gotta be outside. Like, you ain't seen this kind of show. In a long time, and I think you know. Again, now if New York goes to hell, then it was a bad idea. But I, <laughs> but I do think that this uh, this idea of like you can't really pin them down. I think it's difficult for our political imagination today mm-hmm. because yeah. literally, for the most part, we can frame all of our political actors in a very specific place today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think both of them are unique in that. Again, the uniqueness will be judged, frankly, at the end of the day, the success that they have in making their cities <laughs> functional, successful, healthy, opportunity-laden places for everyone. Mm-hmm. That that's the that's gonna be the end judge. But the idea that uh yeah, that, that, that the super friends met in Chicago is uh is something else. Indeed, indeed. Uh, you know, well, so with that. I don't know. I think I say, I think, you know, it'd be good. So I say yes, peace. Sir. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, uh, Majestic. Uh, Ash Old Head Podcast and all related recordings are, you know, my own day to day, week to week, month to month creative thought and other things uh, displayed and shared with you. And you could do the most. If you enjoy any of these conversations, just by sharing, uh, putting the word out, giving it to other people who you think may enjoy hearing what we have to offer when we're together, what I have to offer when I'm on my own, and whatever else may come. Um, the other way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron on Patreon. Just search up Justice Raji. I won't get all into it. You know, kick something in monthly helps offset my cost to record and store and everything else, all the above. So. Um, also on all things discussed here always take the best part for yourself and please do add on to the research and if ever 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 you hear something that we said you know got it wrong or missed a point you know we grow through understanding so share what you got you know add your knowledge and wisdom and we will uh, we'll all be in a better place so with that i'm gonna shut up and say thank you again for listening and i'm gonna be out peace